The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast going to discuss the potential free agent targets for the Denver Broncos. We're going to go quickly, kind of a rapid fire through each of these positions, but we do want to get to all the positions today because there's a lot to discuss and there's a lot of potential change coming up for the Denver Broncos as uh, we're going to put the draft aside for a little bit, but we're going to talk free agency because, well, uh, hey, Zach, and I say we because Zach Seegers joins me in studio, of course, as always on Wednesdays, joining me for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Uh, the legal tampering period is coming up. You it's almost it? here. Oh, I'm thrilled. <laughs> this is going to be such a good offseason for Broncos fans. Yes, and I tell you what, during that legal tampering period, they could be uh, talking to potential free agent targets in several different positions. We will go over them today. But first, of course, our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. I tell you what, you go on up there in the tremendous fair that they have available at Tap 14. Go on over there and check it out be sure to go on over there and check out the website tap14.com that's tap14.com spell out the word 14 for me tap14.com let's start and and again we're going to go over every position here but uh, there will be some that we talk about more than others because let's start with quarterback and I, I think it's very clear that Drew Locke is the guy so now they're looking at potential backup quarterback though and Maybe to give you a little bit of a preview of your upcoming article, Zach, um, you got some names that are in mind. Absolutely. You know, uh, I, I have this comprehensive uh, free agency piece coming out this week looking at, you know, what we're doing here. Every free agent the Broncos could sign and what are they going to do with all of their own free agents? So and, are we uh, are we are we clear that Joe Flacco as a Denver Bronco is it's basically done. I'd be really, really surprised if they kept him at this point. You know, he, uh, what does he offer to the team? At nothing. The, uh, nothing. All right. Moving he's on. A, <laughs> he's a, he's a stubborn mentor. He doesn't even want to do that. Uh, I think Case Keenum's the perfect fit. Oh, I know crazy. oh <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Zach. Zach, did you just say Case Keenum? I did not as a starter. I wouldn't pay him $18 million <laughs> to be my starting quarterback, and I wouldn't have done that two years ago either. Okay. Uh, but I would pay him 3 to $5 million to be my backup quarterback. Think about it. The Broncos paid him that ridiculous money because he had the best season of his career. Sure. Where in Minnesota under Pat Shermer, who is now, of course, Denver's offensive coordinator. Sure. He is familiar with that scheme, played in it for a few years. Uh, and has shown that he can be a good mentor and a good backup. He's He mentored uh, Dwayne Haskins this year and was more than happy to do that role. And then uh, even going back to his time uh, with the Rams uh, and, and Jared Goff, he fulfilled that role. So I, I think it could be perfect. Who knows if he'd be open to it after the way Denver shipped him off last offseason. I think but he understands it's a business. And you think uh, he's a veteran. You know what? He got he got paid quite a solid guarantee, that $25 million or whatever it was. That, uh, I think that's enough for him to say, yeah, I'll come back. That's a good We're point. On a cheap little deal. And you know what? You, you make some solid points. with the. I think the connection with Pat Shermer certainly definitely... Maybe I, I'm still leaning. No, though, I have to be honest, although you do have another name in mind that I do like a lot. You like A.J. McCarron. I do like A.J. McCarron a lot. Yes, I, I think this is always a kid that has been a, a potential starter, somebody who has flashed at times. And look, uh, 
he he has become a journeyman guy. That's 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 the reality of it. But has he really been given a fair shake also too? Um, and look, I, I look at the back quarterback with, with the NFL as a little bit differently, I think, than other positions. You know, a backup running back, backup offensive lineman, you know, th- those are, you're looking for very good quality. To me, at the backup quarterback position, I'm looking for potential because if Drew Locke was to go down, Case Keenum's not saving the season. Okay, that's just the reality of it. So I'm looking for somebody who maybe has this boom-bust potential, who maybe has just been needing the right position to be in that could potentially excel in it. And I think A.J. McCarron maybe kind of fits that mold a little bit because, again, we know what, what Case Keenum is. Case Keenum is a mediocre quarterback at best with one spiked season. So I think if you look at it, for me, I just look at it a little differently. And, of course, A.J. McCarron also going to come on the cheap as well. But countering that, I'd say, uh, you know, Case Keenum saved the Vikings season that one year and, you know, uh, has never lost a quarterback competition to Nathan Peterman. So I, I kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that there is that, too. Yes, uh, I do want to move on from the quarterback position. Let's talk about running back because Mike Klissen, Nine News, put it out there. Oh, must have been about a week ago, maybe a little less than that that Denver could be in the market for a running back. And I think free agency could very well be the case, but we're also talking about some very pricey running backs on the market. Derek Henry, Melvin Gordon, we've talked about them before, Kenyon Drake as well too. But also maybe a little bit of a dark horse, uh, as mentioned by Benjamin Albright, uh, uh, of course a, a friend of the market, Jordan Howard also potentially maybe in that mix. Is there a name that sticks out to you? Uh, I don't really like any of them, but if I had to choose, I'd go with Jordan Howard. You know, I don't think you fix your running back position by signing free agents. I think it's one of those positions that you should rely more on the draft than free agency. And there's positions like offensive line where you should rely more on free agency than the draft. Sure. Um, But running backs one where, you know, the transition from the college level to the pro level is actually very, very minor compared to other positions. And so you got have these guys in their early 20s. They're not going to be really any better than they are on that rookie deal. I wouldn't want to sign Philip Lindsay to a second contract either or Royce Freeman or really any uh, running back. Look at just how, uh, you know, the Gurley deal, the David Johnson deal that the Cardinals are now going to have to give up picks to get rid of, Um, you know. Uh, Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott, Devontae Freeman, uh, the, uh, Le'Veon Bell this year. They just don't pan out, and I, w- I would never give a big uh, second contract to a running back. So that takes out Henry and Gordon for sure, me. Sure. I'd focus on either discount guys like Jordan Howard, or again, I'd draft an A.J. Dillon or a Cam Akers or someone in this draft class, because there's a lot of good backs in this draft. Cam Akers seems to be the kid out of Florida State, seems to be the one that kind of lines up maybe logically first for the Denver Broncos in that third round. I, I, we'll see if he slips to there, because I've seen a lot of projections second to third, somewhere in that range. Could see a skill position player run. Uh, we know how the NFL draft can be very, very unpredictable. But certainly, I think at running back, I'll, I'll say this about the position, you are solidified there. So it may be a bit of a luxury add because, look, you do have Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, and I think we've seen potential out of both of them for sure to where you could say if they didn't add a running back to really take a major workload off those two, I think the team would be in an okay spot. They'd be okay fine, spot. and and they have 11 picks, and, and three of them are in the seventh round. You know, So take one of those. Sure. Uh, you know, Philip Lindsay, undrafted, uh, C.J. Anderson, undrafted. There's so many, again, and that just shows why you shouldn't give Derrick Henry $15 million. Yeah. He's got a lot of tread on those tires, and you can find guys in the sixth, seventh round and undrafted. 
I will say though, Derrick Henry wearing a Denver Broncos uniform. It'd be fun. It would be fun to It'd watch be fun. because boy, that kid can run absolutely. And by the way, only twenty six still. So, uh, wide receiver. Let's talk about this position because this has been one that we've discussed a lot. Uh, particularly in the draft, but let's narrow it down to free agents. We're talking about guys like potentially Amari Cooper. Uh, Robbie Anderson was a name that was linked a little bit earlier. Is there a name that sticks out to you there? Uh, I think both of those are really interesting names to me. Uh, Amari Cooper didn't look like he'd hit the market. Now it looks like he will with the CBA uh, making good progress. Uh, You know, the Cowboys will only be able to tag one of their big free agents. It'll probably be Dak. And, you know, that means Amari Cooper could very well sign elsewhere. He said he would like to stay in Dallas forever, but who knows how real that is. And uh, I think he could be, again, if you sign Amari Cooper, it'd be ridiculously expensive. And so I don't know if I'd necessarily do it. But, hey, Drew Locke, you've got two ready-to-go receivers. You know, you've got two outside guys that are going to give you all the um, cushion and safety net in the world. Uh, you've also seen Amari Cooper help the development of young quarterbacks already in Derek Carr and Dak Prescott. Um, so that's a bonus. But again, he's gonna he's asking to be the highest paid receiver in NFL history. And I, I wouldn't do that for a receiver who's been a top 10 wideout in the league, maybe two, three seasons in his career. And I'd argue he's never been a top five wideout in his career. So I just I wouldn't make him the highest paid ever at that position. Yeah, Amari Cooper trying to get the highest paid ever money means that he's going to be, be he's going to be paid more than, let's see, Julio Jones, um, the kid out of New Orleans. Michael uh, Thomas. Michael Thomas. Tyreek Hill. Uh, Tyreek Hill, as much as I dislike Tyreek Hill. As a he's, human being. He's a but... player that's tremendous. And this is a cat who, let's see, caught 79 passes last year for about 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. He's never been over eight touchdowns in a season, and his season high in yardage is 1,100. I, I mean, good numbers. Good, yeah, good numbers, he's good. Solid. He's a good receiver. I just don't see highest wide receiver ever no it doesn't make sense to me so uh, let's move to the trenches really quick because this is a interesting time for the Denver Broncos when it comes to uh, trying to find guys in the trenches they are starred for offensive linemen uh, but they've also dipped a ton of money into their right tackle Juwan James they have a conundrum at left tackle they got to pay their center who could potentially move over to guard Uh, they've got a lot going on what do you see the offensive line looking like it looks like McGovern's as good as gone, which is really questionable to me because there aren't a ton of centers out there. You know, there are a few good ones in the draft, but there are none other, no other good ones in free agency. And it's not like it's the uh, 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 deepest position in the draft or even close to it. So them just going, yeah, we'll let McGovern go. This uh, you know valuable commodity has uh, always been really questionable to me. Um, but one thing I think they could look to do, you know, it sounds like they're. Uh, comfortable with Elijah Wilkinson at guard, I think they could look to add um, another one of these, because there's not many great centers, but there's a bunch of great guards like uh, Joe Tooney or uh, Graham Glasgow uh, from the Lions. Uh, sign one of those guys, put them opposite of Wilkinson. You have Wilkinson and, let's say, Tooney as your two guards. And then Reisner, you move from guard to center because he uh, you know, he played that position He's in college. He's very familiar with it. And he also has a high football IQ, which is important uh, for someone playing center. And just like that, you'd have a strong front three in that hmm. offensive line. You know, Tooney, Reisner, and uh, let's say Wilkinson at a more natural position for him on the second year of Mike Munchak. I would be intrigued. I mean, certainly, look, uh, more importantly, I just want the offensive line to be upgraded from last year. Yeah. 
I don't care the configuration of how you mix and match guys, you know, uh, who might be more inclined to play this or that than others. But certainly, look, if they can just improve the offensive line, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting, though, in free agency with just how expensive those offensive linemen are because they are uh, uh, rare commodities. You know, they already have got Jawan James, who hopefully he comes back healthy. But even healthy, he's, you know, an okay tackle. He's not a bad tackle, but he's not a great tackle either. And then, you know, let's say you sign Graham Glasgow, you're going to have one of the top five highest paid guards, one of the top five highest paid tackles. And both of them are just average guys at their position. that, That is a concern, I think. The Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. So we've talked about the offense. Let's shift to the defense. That's next. Welcome back to the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. All right, so we've been talking about the offense and the skill position players, the offensive line, moving things around, how free agents could be in the mix. So let's shift to the defense, and let's start in the trenches. Now, this is a, uh, I would like to think, a pretty solid defensive line free agency class maybe is really the best way to, uh, you know, characterize it. We're talking about uh, Michael Brockers, who, of course, uh, was fantastic for a while over there uh, in L.A., uh, Gerald McCoy, DJ Reader. Reader's been connected to the Broncos a bit. Javon uh, is there, Hargrave, yep, Leonard is it, Williams. Is there, a per, is there a particular name that stands out to you? It depends on what the Broncos want. You know, DJ Reader and Javon Hargrave, like you said, have been connected a lot to the Broncos, but they're more run stuffing defensive tackles. And, you know, I feel like the Broncos have that sorted out uh, pretty well with Mike Purcell. I mean, he's not a great run stuffer, but he did the job uh, more than adequately last year. Uh, So really, a guy I have circled is Gerald McCoy. Uh, You know, I think he's really good at stuffing the run. He's past his prime for sure, but he can still uh, stuff the run. He can still rush the passer. And I think he's got enough left in the tank that Vic Fangio could do some really creative, fun, uh, interesting things with him. And I think the big thing, too, you know, a lot of people were asking the question a couple weeks ago, well, who is going to stick around of this current defensive line? And I think we're starting to learn the none question is none of them. Except for Mike Purcell, I think. Maybe Purcell Mike Purcell. Seems yeah, I mean, we're, we could be seeing them uh, walk away from Adam Gotsis, Derek Wolf, and Shelby Harris. Yep. So major changes on the defensive line particularly are coming, so we'll see how that happens. Uh, let's uh, talk about edge defenders. Look, there's a lot of great names mm-hmm. when it comes to edge defenders. Obviously, Denver's got some pretty good ones on their hands. They feel solid. They feel you solid. You know, could there be some depth additions here? Uh, you know, I think holding on to the depth they have is really the big thing. You found Malik Reed as a as a undrafted free agent last year, and he really looked the part to me. He looks like he can be a, a, a steady rotational edge rusher for for a long while. Uh, Justin Hollins too, and then I think the the cherry on top that. You really, really hope you can get back, and and he does have some sort of free agency this year. I'm not sure uh, what it is. I think it's restricted in a, in some form. He's not a fully unrestricted free agent. But Jeremiah Tatu, he is one. I think you got to bring back. Uh, you know, second round pick from the Chargers several years back. Uh, never really produced much in uh, San Diego. Uh, slash Los Angeles. Uh, then went to the Jets for a while. Uh, didn't do anything there. Came to Denver and didn't do much for the first half of the season. But in the second half, he came on, played the best football of his career, finally looked to show that second-round potential. Um, and, you know, I think you can keep uh, 
he should hopefully continue to play like that in Fangio's scheme. And, you know, if you have uh, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb as your starters and then a rotation of Malik Reed, Justin Hollins, and uh, uh, Jeremiah Tachu to mix in there, that is an unmatched group in the entire NFL. I mean, just coming off the edge, that's unbelievable. Yeah, they got a lot of talent there. They got a lot of talent. It Look, you spent high loaded. assets to get those talents, so they should be performing for you as uh, uh, they have been at least in the past. And then obviously, hopefully, cross your fingers that Bradley Chubb comes back fully healthy. Uh, no questions, no no hesitation, no issues moving forward for him. At least it appears that way so far. Let's talk about the secondary because this secondary is obviously going to look completely different from last year that has begun with AJ Boye signing but I think most people would agree when I say that that should not be the finish of Denver restructuring the secondary there's a lot of great names that are out there I particularly like a couple uh Eli Apple Prince of Mukamara uh, obviously Chris Harris Jr. is out mm-hmm. there as well as Kendall Fuller. There, there's a bunch of names out there. Is there particular ones you would be zeroing in on? Trey Waynes really interests me. You know, he's a, he was the 11th overall pick back in 2015, 2016 by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, never really played up to that uh, draft position. Um, and really they're letting him go because they can't afford him. They're so cap-strapped this offseason. He's a guy that, you know, like I said, never played up to that draft caliber, but has the the ability, was always very talented in man coverage. You know, oh. Maybe you give him to Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel, and they are able to get the best out of him. And this Plus, is, he's a discount. Th- this is the beauty of, and you mentioned it, the Ed Donatel-Vic Fangio combo, is you can kind of take guys who, you know, have been maybe not lived up to the potential that maybe could get the best out of themselves by playing with this scheme and this style you know, of defense where we're starting, we've seen it in the past with a bunch of different secondary players in Chicago and also obviously here last year with Denver that Vic Fangio can get these guys playing and maybe he's a good one because he's, a, he's like you said, he's a cap casualty of that Kirk Cousins contract. Absolutely. That's exactly what he is. He is, and, and so many other Vikings players this offseason are too, Everson Griffin and whatnot. Um, uh, and they're going to be uh, good bargains. Trey, Trey Wayans, is, uh, of course, as we were saying. And I think uh, the Broncos absolutely should uh, target some of those guys. Uh, looking at linebackers, though, really quick, do you think the Broncos should feel comfortable with uh, uh, Alexander Johnson and Todd Davis Davis slash uh, Josie Jewell? Well, or do you think they should add someone in that second inside line? Well, look, I mean, there's, there's – I think the thing with linebacker is how much do you love your guys? And and I have I've said this in the past. I said this when Devin Bush was passed up at tenth overall. I said, trust Vic Fangio. You hired Vic Fangio to do a job. Trust him with what his best decision is. And his decision was that Devin Bush was uh, he was a solid player, but not the Roquan Smith uh, Roquan Smith uh, player that we had in Chicago. Whether that's true or not is yet to be determined. One year is is not enough of a sample size. But you hired the guy to do it to do a job and this is his specialty and I, I think this is one of those where you know if they were to sign a guy I think it's going to be a depth guy where you're going to see Vic Fangio's fingerprints all over this I I don't think linebacker is going to be their big position that they try to fill because of the major deficits that are they're going to have to fill a defensive line as well as in the secondary 
they know that those are going to be the two big holes, particularly on the defensive line. I, I don't think people are talking about the defensive line enough. They I think aren't. It's ev- I think everybody had this assumption that Derek Wolf was coming back. And now that he isn't, you kind of knew Shelby Harris was walking away already. How You're you, left with Mike Purcell, and that's it. But how do you feel about, uh, of course, they're losing all the pieces and they have to add uh, bodies there, whether they're depth guys or starting guys on the defensive line. What do you think about uh, uh, Draymond Jones and Demarcus Walker? Because I saw enough from Draymond Jones last year where I feel okay with him in one of the starting positions. I don't know about uh, trotting out there with Draymond Jones and Demarcus Walker as my starters, but do you feel like both those guys need to be uh, replaced, or do you think uh, uh, you feel comfortable with one of them? Well, I've said it on this podcast before. I am a big Demarcus Walker fan. Big Demarcus Walker fan. I thought he got screwed over by the Vic Fangio regime twice. Uh, no, 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 excuse me, the Vance Joseph uh, regime, uh, Vic Fangio's system. I don't know if he matches it as well as he should. I, th- I still think, and I keep holding on to this. People mm-hmm. give me crap for this. I still protest that the kid can play. He can, but he, can he needs to be in the right situation, and I just don't know if it's here. I, I think Draymond Jones can be a player. I, I think Draymond Jones is going to need to. Uh, I've always felt Draymond Jones was a little undersized, uh, or, or maybe undersized is not the right word. Um, he's not thick I, enough. He's not thick enough, you know. And and I and I don't mean that as a slight to him by any means, uh, but I think that they're going to want to bring in that guy because I don't know if Mike Purcell can handle that workload mm-hmm. fully uh, so so maybe they look elsewhere maybe there's a guy internally that they they like a lot or, or maybe Vic Fangio like very much like Mike Purcell just pulls him out of the hat randomly late into training camp and says yeah you're our guy yeah and going nobody back, knew who Mike Purcell was at the time and going back to your you know you hired a guy to do a job that's some of the things that are going to happen yeah. with Vic Fangio as a head coach you won't have you know when Kyle Shanahan's your head coach, uh, you know, and you're the 49ers, you're going to have the George Kittles and the Raheem Mostert's and these guys that are just total cast-offs and afterthoughts, and they come and out you of trust, nowhere, yep, and you they trust become those guys. And then, yep. you know, you look at the Broncos, you got a defensive-minded uh, head coach, he's going to find the Mike Purcells, the Alexander Johnsons, these uh, unknown commodities that really turn into quality uh, key starters. Let's talk about safeties as, of course, the big one on the list is Justin Simmons. But I, I think most people believe Justin Simmons will be retained in some way, shape, or form, whether it be the franchise tag or a long-term deal. The other one is Will Parks. And there's a lot of momentum out there on social media via reports from several individuals that Will Parks may eventually find himself off the Broncos roster, not because the Denver Broncos don't want him, but because there's a couple teams out there that could want to pay him starting money. And 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 I'll say this, Will Parks is a tremendous person, a tremendous individual, amazing. a great player, uh, a amazing person off the field. Some of the stories that I've shared with Will it's just been very very good ones and 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 I wish him well if this is the end for him in a Broncos uniform, but I hope he goes and gets his money because he's very deserving and I think there are a couple teams that are going to be ready to pay him starters money. I think so too. You know, the, he has the ability, he's shown it. And then also just with his flexibility, he can play free safety. He can play strong safety. He can come down into the box and uh, blitz a little if you need him to. He, he played a, a good bit of nickel cornerback this last season and was uh, a good player there. He was one of the Broncos' better nickel cornerbacks when they had, when they became depleted by uh, so many injuries. Um, you know, I think they'll have to probably add someone to replace him. And I think there are a few interesting names. 
guys with Chicago ties from Vic Fangio's days. You know, Sherrick uh, McManus, he's older. He's 32 now. He's not a great player. But again, you'd just be asking for a smart veteran who knows the scheme, can come in and play nickel, sometimes can, you know, do uh, some of those uh, flexible, um, sneaky things. Kind of yeah, positions, hybrid yeah. positions that uh, uh, Fangio really um, uh, uh, values from his safeties, as we saw last season, and uh, Kareem Jackson and all these other guys. Um, so I think it'll be interesting how the Broncos address that position. Though, like you said, the top priorities are getting another cornerback in there, getting at least one defensive lineman, maybe two in there via, you know, free agency or the draft. But very quickly, this could become an elite unit top to bottom. You know, you look at adding another cornerback, which you've, um, you know, underlined a lot. Uh, if they add a, a capable outside guy, you can have Callahan in the slot, Bouye on one outside, maybe an Amukamara on another. And then Harris, Yadam, and uh, Devontae Bowsby are incredible depth cornerbacks. If those are the guys coming off the bench for you, you're in better shape than almost any team in the league. Uh, uh, you know, safety is incredibly strong already with Simmons and Jackson. Uh, you know, if you add the depth you need to there, that stays a great group. Linebackers a little weak, but as as we mentioned, not a glaring weakness. And then and again, we're we're talking about all this with free agency in mind. We haven't even exactly. got to the draft yet, so there's there's obviously still holes that will be filled in the draft. And there's holes, but the thing is, there aren't that met, like it just a player here and a player there, and things will line up well for the Broncos. I think the Broncos are primed to be, you know, again, as we've been saying kind of all offseason, one of these big bounce-back candidates next season, uh, especially with Drew Locke. By the way, uh, I want to end this podcast with some special teams talk because special teams does matter too. I think it's pretty clear Brandon McManus is the kicker to, to, re- to be retained. Maybe a little shaky at times this year, mm. but, you know, maybe you bring in a undrafted you know, kids somewhere out of, you know, Montana State or whatever, just to keep keep Brandon honest, keep Brandon working. And if the case, then uh, he eventually wins that gig. We will see. The punter position is a whole nother story, and that is a position that I have said for years, years, needs to be replaced. And then maybe we'll talk about this long snapper position here as well, too, because this is news that's just coming down the line here. The Broncos have actually signed a long snapper, not named Casey Kreider. Wow. Uh, this is uh, Jacob Bobenmeyer. Uh, he impressed the Broncos with his athleticism and snapping velocity during rookie camp says Mike Kliss of Nine News, and I guess the Broncos have signed him. Uh, He is from northern Colorado, as, of course, Casey Kreider is about to hit free agency. Could see the end of him in a Broncos uniform as well, too. So uh, we'll talk about the long snappers here in a second, but let's get to the punter position because this is a position that I've said that God needs to be improved big time. Absolutely, and, you know, I've mentioned it earlier in the podcast, the Broncos have three seventh-round picks and a sixth-rounder. Yes. Have you been scouting your punters? I... (laughs) Guess what? I have been, and I've got a name for all of the Broncos Blitz listeners out there. Yes. I got your punter for the okay. 2026. All right, tell Ready? us. Lay it on us. Braden Mann out of Texas A&M. His name is Braden Mann. Braden Mann. Braden Mann. Okay, he, tell us about Mann. He's the man, let he's me tell you. He, uh, <laughs> the, he's got a cannon of a leg. He, oh, does he? He won, he won the Ray Guy Award, uh, not this past season. It was really questionable that he didn't win it this past season. But he won it two years ago. And he can just boot it. Uh, he's got good hang time. He's got good distance on his punts. Um, and I'm by no means a punter expert, but he would be a tremendous upgrade on Kobe Wadman. You look at Wadman, who 
you know, barely flips the field Look, for the you, defense. You, you don't Wadman have to convince up, me, and I don't think you got to convince Bronco fans. Wadman's a bad punter. Absolutely, he Wadman's gives up. A bad he gives up a. Honestly, Braden Mann would give the defense 15, Man. 15 plus yards of okay. possession to work with. I okay. think. I think his leg is like he's got a cannon leg. The only concern I have is that it's too strong, and he'll just be hitting it out the back of the end zone. But he's also shown the accuracy to get those inside the twenty, um, inside the ten. Uh, uh, I have those coffin corner punts. Yes, I I have uh, complained about this for a long time, and with good I, reason. I guess I don't understand, and maybe this this is more than just a Wadman issue. I don't understand why the Denver Broncos don't have a consistent situation at punter, considering the altitude. You, it's we so talked confusing. about this with kicker, okay? Since the mid-90s, they've had Jason Elam, Matt Prater, Brandon McManus. Hey, Did I miss put one? some respect on Connor Barth's name. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Connor Barth, a quick little fill-in, yes. That's basically it. Punters, it seems like they're rotating through them. And maybe this is just because you can outkick your coverage or there's a little bit more of a precision needed with punting. But I don't understand how punters don't absolutely kill it for the Broncos every year because at home for half the season, you do have the fortunates of the altitude working in your favor. And for some reason, yet we still have these issues, whether it's uh, who was the dancing punter? Oh, Marquette King. Marquette King. Or it's Colby Wadman, or it's Todd Sauerbrunn, or what, insert name, the Colquitts. It's like, I don't understand why. Colquitt they, just Colquitt. Yes. Why they don't have one guy that just is the punter every year and does, you know, is averaging somewhere in the realm of 50 per punt. Like, you would think that would be the case kicking at altitude, but and it's like, not. Like you said, there is some precision that comes into punting, but I don't know. Forget about that. I'm okay with giving the other team the ball at the 20 or 25 every time rather than you know it's of course great to get those coffin corner pubs but what frustrates me so much with wadman is you know the offense will go three and out and you'll punt the ball another team now has the ball at the 35 40 yard line and they get a relatively short field to work with yeah it's it's kind of baffling but it's always something i've uh, been very very curious about so certainly look there's a lot that is going to be changing What's long, that? Long snapper really quick? Sorry. Do you uh, want to get into long snapper really yeah, quick? Yeah, just really sure. quick. It makes Go sense to me. It makes sense to me. Casey Kreider is one of the most expensive long snappers in the league, and we almost just forgot about that position for good reason. It's one of the least important positions yes. in the league. There's no reason to be devoting uh, multiple millions of dollars to a long snapper. Uh, Casey Kreider can be gone, and as long as this guy isn't snapping it, uh, miles over Brandon McMahon, or not Brandon McManus, but uh, Kobe Wadman, whoever's punting for us, uh, their head, all uh, Peyton Manning and Super Bowl 48, then they're fine. No need to invest $3 million a year in Casey Kreider. I'm not going to give any analysis on Long Snapper <laughs> because that's all. You just said it all. Uh, sure. Uh, I'll take the cheapest option. Look, I love Casey. I, I know Casey personally. I, I think he does a tremendous job, and he does a great job. But, yes, that's a that's a pricey tag for a Long Snapper. Yeah. And What's and the I difference between that. the league's best Long Snapper and the league's worst Long Snapper? Exactly. And those, the differentiation between the two is so minuscule when it comes to actually moving the needle you know and i hate to degrade the position but it's kind of one of those things where it's just like you know what do your job and then you're good to go 
Yep. You know, and Denver, I don't know if that's a luxury position that they can afford to dip any sort of dollars into moving forward. Of course, the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap14. You go on over there, terrific fare, check it out. And of course, on the web, tap14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me. Uh, Zach, nice job on the podcast today. Of course, they can uh, read up on that article that's coming out a little bit later this week. I'm sure you'll save it uh, or, or post it up on social media. Where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Seegers, S-E-G-A-R-S. Uh, and yeah, I'll have that article, two-parter. So first part, we'll look at all these Broncos free agents. We talked about some of them, Derek Wolf, uh, Mike Purcell, Chris Harris, all these guys. I even looked at the exclusive rights free agents and explained what that all is, guys who are going to get tendered, uh, cut candidates like Joe Flacco. Um, so yeah, that'll be part one. And then part two, we go position by position and look at... Uh, Tons of free agents the Broncos could target and why they should or shouldn't. Of course, there is a lot to discuss this upcoming free agency as the draft will happen, of course, after the free agency situation or will it? Uh, the coronavirus has certainly been the talk of, well, literally everything. And we'll see if that NFL draft actually happens with fans. I assume it will still happen, but not exactly how it usually would. Maybe they just take the fans out of it and it's just important people involved in making the actual event function. But certainly, whatever happens, we will keep it up to date over here on the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, you can subscribe on many of the channels that you can find the Broncos Blitz podcast on, which would be Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, of course, many of the different uh, outlets, and at MileHighSports.com which is, of course, milehighsports.com, where you can stream much of our radio shows as well as previous editions of the podcast, the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by Tap14. You can follow me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're all done for the podcast today. Appreciate you tuning in. Hey, be sure to wash your hands and stay safe away from that coronavirus night. Uh, Zach, nice job today. We are all done for the podcast. You can uh, tune in milehighsports.com and of course find previous archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.